Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go on a Friday. Congratulations, you have made it November the 22nd, 2019. Gobble, damn gobble. Welcome in to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Germanary. He is Dane Martinez. Want to welcome... Pluto TV viewers, yes, all 20 million of you tuning in right at the same time to uh, to enjoy and get caught up with everything that happened last night in the world of sports. Plus, look to make some profitable uh, sports investing decisions uh, moving forward this weekend. And tonight, we have got you covered, especially given the fact that you've got 10 NBA games, two NHL games, one college football game, and... You don't really need to count them. Just take my word for it. 53 college damn basketball games. It is tournament time, people. It is nothing like this time of year when most uh, college kids are on their way home to uh, to pretend like they really miss their families and their parents and get laundry done. But really, for the, laundry, the most part. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For the most part, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a little free classes and tests, and not for college basketball players. Uh, no, they uh, they get to travel to far off places and get to play uh, teams that they don't often see. And also, the reason we really love it is because it gives uh, sports betters an opportunity to profit on uh, on the uh, let's say the deficiencies the market uh, has when it comes to these teams and these matchups. So we'll talk about those uh, coming up, but we'll start with last night in the AFC uh, West matchup, uh, AFC South matchup rather that uh, went pretty much what we thought or what I, I I should say this this is exactly what we have seen for. 10 weeks now, 11 weeks. We it's exactly what we've seen on primetime games in divisional matchups. A very slow slog of a, you know, running, mistake-filled, not sharp, not it's there nothing has changed. Uh, absolutely nothing to change, uh, which is again while <laughs> first half under uh won again last night as did the full game under and we uh gave you the numbers guys. It if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Not only is the total continuing at a uh, over a 60% clip on these primetime games, now 23 and 12, that is a 66% winning percentage on primetime, guys. But dogs, divisional dogs, this line actually got pushed to plus four before kickoff in many, 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 many books across the way. And it wasn't because of professional money. The public hammered the Houston Texans last night into submission to the point where they had to. They actually had to push it up. And listen, Houston, I doubt very much as the favorite. Many people were laying the minus 190 or minus 200 as a favorite on a money line. But the Colts, again, Dane, they proved it ain't broke. Don't fix it here through through 12 weeks now. You've got divisional dogs 
It's crazy to me. Road divisional dogs, 18 and 9, 67%. Short road dogs, six points or less, Dane. Now 42 and 29, 60%. Oh, no, yeah. Overall, road dogs, 62 and 39, 62%. I don't know. Call me crazy, but are you starting to see a pattern here? Call, call me nuts. I don't know. Yeah, listen, man, we've been talking about these uh, spots for the dog all season long, especially in those divisional matchups. We've been talking all season long about the unders in the primetime games, and bang, it happens again. And listen, Joe, you know, I was on in-game live with Gabe, and especially, listen, it was zip-zip in the first quarter, right? And that's all we were talking about was that Thursday Night Football is a bad product, Joe. It's just a bad product. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta have, you want to dominate, you know, four out of the seven days of the damn week. I get it. And there's ratings and all I get it. But how can you claim you care about player safety, Joe? And then ask these grown men literally 72 hours after they were in what amounts to 10 car crashes to sack up and do it again. Oh, yeah. And ask one team to travel in there as well. I just don't get it, Joe. I mean, I get it, you know, but it's just a bad product. And you saw it again last night. You know who it wasn't a bad product for? The people who had the unders and the Colts. Sure, and that sure. <laughs> ultimately is the bottom line. 12 weeks into a season, the idea that Thursday night football is a bit. Woo, we know. The problem is, how do you profit from it? How sure. do you, if you know, like you just said, Dane, if you know what the product is going to be, if you know it's going to be crap, and you know we have divisional matchups where these two teams know each other, guys. This isn't like some random game. If you, we die for this kind of information as sports investors, Dane, over the year, the kind of things where we know something to be true and that truth proves to be constant, then how the hell are we profiting from it? And that, and I think what happens with us, what's so natural is we want to, we want to be cute. We want to be right. We want to be so like, oh, well, you know what? This is going to be the night. It's going to change you. what? No, no, it's not. The product sucks. It has sucked from the first Thursday night all the way through last night is absolutely for all you said. These guys are literally killing themselves, Dane, on the field every week. And you (laughs) you throw them out there on a short week and think we're going to get, what, 65? You know, it happens once in a blue moon. It happened, what, with the Rams, uh, you know, last year? That's not... That's not the norm. You know, if you have 15 or 16 Thursday night games, guys, they're going to be crap. You know, there's going to be a couple of diamonds in the rough. But, you know, from an investing standpoint, if you know something to be true in your heart or heart, don't convince yourself otherwise, because chances are you're going to turn on the TV and you're going to be disappointed. So profit from it. And it's a great lesson because, Dane, we want we want sure. that to be that standalone game. We want it to be something. It's not going to be great, man. Like yeah, it's, ask it's imp- Joe about that. How is it going to be great ever? No, I know. It's not. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Let me ask you like, something. Because I get it with the Thursday Night Football. Like, like I'm saying, it's a bad product, right? right. Sloppy, what have you. With some Sucks. of these primetime unders, how much of it – it's got to be a part of it, Joe. How much is it that the public bets more – on these standalone games, right? Because they're the spotlight national games. And if the public bets more on it, you know, we all know what the public likes, right? The public likes overs. Does that inflate the total on primetime games a point or two because it's more public money? And thus, there's a little bit of an edge or an opportunity for people like you and I who know that. 
That's the Dan Dane. That's the beauty of it all. They, you know, that's the whole point is that this is a market, people. And the market is influenced by people who don't follow the market all that often. And the people who make all the money on Wall Street, they manipulate the market. That's how they make their money. It's what we're trying to show you here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Case in point, we'll go over the look-ahead lines for Thanksgiving. Ah. And we'll prove our points. Are those are those primetime Thursdays or make no? Make it rain, people. Stop Let's me. make it rain. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Friday. Welcome in here on November the 22nd. Hope it was a uh, profitable Thursday night for you. If uh, if you hung out with us during the week, uh, we know it was. We're going to help you make it a uh, profitable Friday right into the weekend as well as we look to make it rain. That's what Dane and I do Monday through Friday here. And those of you uh, just joining us, uh, Pluto TV, Channel 517, thank you very much for making us a part of your morning. As we take a look uh, back last night, Dane, we know the product sucks. We'll dive into, obviously, how we can help profit from yet another. Only three Thursday night games coming up next week. We'll uh, we'll lay those out coming up. But let's dive into what we saw last night. And what we saw last night was interesting, Dane, from the standpoint of you and I talked about the Colts having the probably the edge in the trenches. The offensive line of the Colts. They are number seven uh, DOVA in running in the NFL. This is a a machine that is built yeah. to block and help guys run. So the fact that Marlon Mack was gone, uh, while it's not great, uh, the fact is they do have some depth at the running back position, mostly because that offensive line, and we've seen it in Dallas, we've seen it in other places. When you have play. behemoths there, you can put anybody behind and have a good time. So we knew that they would have a uh, they'd have some success running the ball but we also knew that in the secondary of the Houston Texans you have backups and backups backups you have absolute decimation in the secondary you have the 29th ranked defense against the pass we also knew TY Hilton was back Eric Ebron was back Jacoby Brissett is back so while we knew that there was definitely opportunity for uh, Brissett and company to expose them in the secondary like just about everybody else does when you got the 29th ranked pass defense. But we figured they'd use the run as an ability to be able to open things up even more. And when it was all said and done, uh, they they threw the ball 16 times. 16 times they ran, uh, they threw the ball. Uh, including two drops by T.Y. Hilton, who was obviously should not have been out there. I don't know what the hell he was doing out there. Uh, He was obviously not the T.Y. Hilton that has torched him for an average of 133 yards in his career. He's owned the Texans. Uh, Yeah, no. And uh, the other bold strategy by the Colts last night, Dan, which was amazing, is 
apparently let's not cover DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And let's see how that works out. And uh, congratulations. It worked out uh, not one, but two wide open touchdowns there for uh, for D hop. They're on their way to a 20 to 17 victory. I don't understand what Frank Reich was doing. And yet he still had an opportunity uh, to uh, to pull away in that game. And he just I don't know if it was. Keep away. And if you do keep it away, by the way, if you cover DeAndre Hopkins, you probably win that game easily. Play so I will safety. say that. <laughs> I will say that. Right. I mean, so right. it worked. I, I if you got a guy running for 100 yards, you're controlling the clock. You keep it to Sean Watson. I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. You're on the road. But at some point, 16 passes, take a damn shot downfield, Dane. I mean, it was a bit head scratching watching how that unfolded. Yeah. First of all, though, Joe, just to just to clarify, Brissett completed 16 passes. He threw right. 25. Right. Okay. But exactly. Yeah. I just want to, you know, like when you yeah. say he attempted 16 passes, it's a little even more dramatic than what it was. He went 16 to 25, 129 yards. He did run for the touchdown. Okay. Which was important for them. But you're right, Joe. This game did not go the way I expected, okay, um, in terms of how the Colts were trying to trying to move the ball and produce. I thought Brissett, some of his prop bets would have been good good bets. I talked about him uh, on air with Gabe. His uh, Brissett's yardage prop was like 230. Um, I was on his attempts as well. That's why I know the attempts number, Joe, because I was on his attempts and I lost that prop bet because I thought they would be able to throw. You said the Texans struggle via the pass. They have backups in. They were giving up a passer rating of over 108 in the red zone, Joe. So I did also think that that's how they were going to attack it, but they didn't. T.Y. was clearly on a pitch count, you know, and you're right. I think he needs another week. He'll get another week and a half, and then he should be okay. But Jonathan Williams, listen, he showed up and showed out. He was the plug-and-play kind of back, just like he was last week. And he, in essence, put it in my eye, Joe, because I thought that because Jordan Wilkins was going to be back, that he would kind of take part of the load, but he was nowhere to be found. And Jonathan Williams did, in fact, prove to be a workhorse with 26 carries. You're right, though, Joe. If that's the game plan offensively, right, run, 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 control the clock, punch him in the mouth, then what you have to do on the other side, Joe, what you have to do is kind of implement, you know, the term the bend, not break kind of defense, right? That's what you have to do on defense, right, to complement the way you're playing on offense. But they didn't, and they let D-Hob get behind them. They also let Will Fuller get behind them a couple of times, Joe. Will Fuller, 7 for 140, a couple of big shots. And I got to tell you also, Joe, Will Fuller is an important cog in this offense. That deep threat, like a Deshaun Jackson, like others, really opens it up, not only for uh, Watson, but obviously the coverage that DeAndre Hopkins gets as well. Uh, so he's a big part of that offense. But you're right, Joe. The, the Colts were more run-heavy than I thought they were going to be, given the matchup and given the personnel they had coming back. And you were successful on the run. I get it. But, yeah, but there was a point in the fourth quarter where you were down by three points. Right. They and you running. went ahead and ran yourself a four minute and 39 second possession where you ran the ball. You had 10 yep. plays, 36 yards. You, you ran it every damn play. And then once all of a sudden that they sold out, Houston was like, all right, you're not running the ball anymore. And they actually stopped the run. They couldn't complete a pass. 
And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now, now we got to kick it away again because we're screwed. So I get it, but there's always a point in the game where you're going to have to throw the ball and they chose not to. And I don't know, maybe, listen, maybe Brissett was her. Maybe there's something we don't know, but it seemed very strange that you would run a 10 play 36 yard drive that takes nearly five minutes and you were losing by three points late in the fourth quarter. And oh yeah, by the way, the Texans eventually brought everybody and their mother up to the line because yeah. you know what? They knew you were running and you well, didn't pull it out and you couldn't complete a pass and game is over. I just, Frank Reich, I, I don't know if it'll come out, but Dane, it just looked to me like um, something's going on here. I, I, it, I just, mean, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I hear you. The only thing I would say, though, Joe, is, you know, like you said, and like we saw, they were able to run it, right? They were a, they were effective running the ball. And the only thing here, Joe, is that it was a one-score game the entire time. You know, you're right. They're down by three. And and when you say that eventually they got to throw, you know, we talk about how games open up a lot or when they're down, you have to, you're forced into it. But they were only down by one score. They were never, like, out of it. They never had to kind of, quote-unquote, abandon the game plan, right? Uh, and they were running the ball effectively. Now, I give it to you. At some point, the Texans were like, oh, y'all are running? Cool. And so once they stack the box or load the box, whatever you call it, they have to then change up a little bit. Um, but didn't. I would only That's say— the point. They right. went vanilla. You're, they stayed vanilla the entire game. All I'm game. saying is that they were within a score the entire time, so maybe Reich didn't think they needed to go to that and open it up. Well, you, what you have is, again, the number 29th secondary I, in the in you. the NFL. And you I have Brissett, you. who has a career-high 126.7 passer rating against you. these Texans. Like, what in the world are you doing going handoff right, handoff left? Oh. Hand, you know what? We'll mix it up. Hand off left again. Hand off right. Like, what are you doing, Frank Wright? Unless there was something again. We we didn't know. We didn't hear. But you had 10 plays, five minutes, and you only made 36 yards. Like, oh, you were you needed to get into field goal range. You hoped to get the ball back. And then you have the fumble or at least alleged fumble, fumble at the fumble, end of the By the way, that's ridiculous. I don't know why they didn't even replay that. They, Why didn't they review the, that? The Texans even called timeout to give them more time that to review. Crazy. The Texans did. And you when still could call timeout. Right. I was like, ooh, that's a bad decision because now they're going to replay it and you might get overturned. I thought, couldn't get it done. Joe, that ball was definitely out. Now, if you're going to oh, tell me they couldn't find the camera angle to see who in the pile came out with it. That's what they want you to think. Yep. That's they got to at least go to review and then say that. The ball was clearly out. Yeah. He punched it out. Darius Leonard punched it out. Now, he says he had it. It looked like he no did. I mean, I put the straw at all. Yeah. That ball was out. Thursday no. night, 400 cameras, no camera angle. That ball was out. Come on. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So who wants to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? 
If you do, well, you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com. You can just dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. You can compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com. Optimizer, of course, has the most accurate projections in the NBA DFS arena. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. You can save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice using the promo code DUNK. Just visit DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK. And keep in mind that DailyRoto.com, it is where millionaires are made. And make sure that you guys find us on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network. Make sure you subscribe. Never miss uh, all the fantasy and sports wagering info that you need in order to make it a profitable week. And, of course, you can hit us up on Instagram, too. Follow us there at Sports Grid TV. Uh, all right. So we've got uh, we got obviously a packed slate of games, uh, both in college and the NFL over the weekend coming up here. It started last night with uh, with the uh, the Texans and the Colts. So now the Texans with that victory, they go ahead and really take control of the AFC South. Kind of needed that one because since they had already lost to Indy earlier in the year, they would have lost any chance of a tiebreaker. It, it would have been very difficult for them at that point. But now that they have the lead, they uh, still, I mean, the the I don't think the Titans are going anywhere anytime soon either. They're a wild card and you have lost, you know, two out of your last uh, three out of your last four games here. It's not been good for Indy here in this stretch. And I get the whole injury situation, but everybody's got injury. You, you got to figure out ways to be able to win these games. And they just haven't been able to do it, Dane. And, you know, it's funny. You look ahead as to what we've got going on this weekend. Titans got a big game um, yeah. in, in there. The, the The AFC itself is all of a sudden starting to go, hmm, um, Buffalo's got a big game. You know, all these teams that we thought were going to be those, you know, that middle pack, that underneath, who was going to emerge? Yeah. Well, here we are in week 12, Dan. I mean, you between the Bills, between the Titans, now the Colts, you throw them in the mix here. Uh, you, you know, Pittsburgh or, or whoever it is that you want to pick from. This is every one of these games from here Oakland. on out is it's kind of nip and tuck, man, trying to, which I also think is another reason why definitely keep an eye on the unders as the weather gets worse. Everyone gets tighter. I mean, these guys know how much these games mean. It's it, the AFC is really starting to get it, it's going to be, I think, coming down to, you know, week 16, 17, Dane, to figure out who the hell is going in. I think it's a little bit easier in the NFC. I think the AFC is a little more convoluted. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Like, I can tell you, I, I am confident that I can tell you well, five and a half of the six NFC playoff teams. Right. If you let me say yep. NFC East division champ, <laughs> you right. know, I can exactly. tell you this. Yeah, I can exactly. tell you the NFC teams. I can yep. tell you the NFC teams right now. The AFC teams, you're right. You know, between, like we said, Oakland, Buffalo, two teams in the AFC South, you know, that, that played last night. Uh, maybe a Cleveland or a Pittsburgh hangs around, right? Yeah, there are a lot of uh, still a wide range of outcomes still in the AFC. However, Joe, and you're right, like there's ways to make money off of it, and that's what we do here, make it rain. However, what I would say is what that also speaks to, in my opinion, Joe, is that the competition, the NFC teams are actually better. 
Um, I think the top of the NFC is actually better because this middle group of the AFC, I don't see these teams as real contenders to uh, New England, Baltimore, Kansas City. Whereas in the NFC, remember I say I can name five and a half of the playoff teams. I, I, I can understand the case for like four NFC teams to win the conference. You know, in the AFC, I think the middle group is a little more convoluted, but I think the top is pretty clear. Well, it's going to get even crazier, too, because uh, we just found out and we've been talking. Of course, he, his name comes popping up. But Antonio Brown, you're getting conflicting mm. reports now where Antonio Brown was apologized. He already met with the NFL. The ruling is supposed to probably come down at 430. The classic NFL news dump here at some point on a Friday. But we had heard that and we knew that Tom Brady was not a fan of Robert Kraft bringing the hammer down. And it was Robert Kraft's decision to cut A.B. when all of it went down to begin with. Cut his uh, roommate. He wanted at his house. Right. And now, uh, of course, there was a report coming out of The Athletic. Uh, where else? It seems like everything comes out of The Athletic these days. The um, The Athletic reports that uh, not happening. They're not interested in A.B. Well, you might want to reconsider, given the fact that they just lost Mohamed Sanu now, the guy that they uh, had traded for from the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. He's got a high ankle sprain. They're saying not only is he going to be out this week against the Cowboys, but in all likelihood, guys, you know high ankle sprains. He ain't going to be back anytime soon. So once again, an already thin receiving core, weapon core, it's just got a little bit thinner here, Dane. And, and a high ankle sprain, one of the worst injuries because of how long. There's nothing you can really do except stay off it. Um, they're going into this game now minus Sanu, who was doing uh, a whole lot of different things for him. And while it's somebody's playing with the media where it's he wants to go, he do, they don't want him. They want him. They don't want him. Uh, if that ruling comes down where... He's good to go, guys. Like, we, we've cleared him, and there's no threat of him being suspended. Somebody's picking him up. So, it, it, w- to me, it's got to be the Patriots at this point. If Tom Brady really wants him, if Tom Brady really, really feels that he can't, and I think Brady is the key to all of this, read his body language, read, his, mm-hmm. read in between the lines. Brady is telling you what's going on here and what he wants. Unless you think New England – and that defense can honestly mask the deficiencies on offense. Sanu is another huge loss for the New England Patriots here, Dane, especially this week against a offensive uh, team like the Cowboys who can they can put up some points rather easily. Yeah, Dallas can score, so it will be a test for that New England defense, and it'd be great to have some explosiveness on the other side. Joe, not only Mohamed Sanu, I believe Philip Dorsett is also still not practicing this week. He's got head and neck injuries, all right? So it gets even more. Oh, and by the way, Gronk is going to be on a beach, people. He ain't coming through that door, nope. all right? So I know a nope. lot of you thought that maybe that would be something to augment this the Pats offense for the stretch run. That ain't happening either. You're right, Joe. A high ankle sprain is really like a four or five week injury okay Tevin Coleman had it earlier in the year in week one he missed I believe four games Saquon Barkley had it after um, had it earlier in the season I believe he missed three or four games so while Sanu should likely be back for the playoffs right he Mm -hmm. will be gone for multiple weeks it looks like and you know, Brady has been kind of saying it all year. He's acknowledged that it's not vintage. He's like, hey, we know we need – listen, they tried to get they, – they, they signed Josh Gordon. 
They signed Antonio right. Brown. They realized they had to go out and trade it for and acquire Mohamed Sanu. They have been showing you that they believe they have a need at that position. Okay, it's nice that maybe the rookie Nikhil Harry is back, but that does not move the needle. What Brady needs are veterans like a Gordon Sanu, uh, an AB, an Edelman that he has, where he right. knows where the guy is gonna be. That's reading defenses in the same way. That is the that is the the crux of the Patriots' offense. Brady at the line, knowing where he's gonna go and knowing how to manipulate the defense. So he needs veteran wide receivers that also can see the same picture it's absolutely true but joe at this point honestly i got faith in the patriots defense to hold it down you're right the offense has been uh not of a vintage brand yet they are still nine and one somehow joe so even in this stretch without sanu let's say it's four games let's say they go two and two they're still sitting there at 11 and three and likely with a buy in home field so you're right but Maybe it's much ado about nothing because they'll still ultimately be where they need to be. It's just something different about Brady this time around yeah. here. His uh, all his his body language, his demeanor, his he comments. It. He and he's and tired. by the way, it's not just recently. He's known this from the beginning, which is why they've gone mm -hmm. out. They even tried to get Brown to begin with. There, yeah. they are doing a whole lot of shuffling right now. Where, yeah, they he knows it. He has known it. And it's not even so much, I think, a, a product of the wide receivers as it is that offensive line has got to mm -hmm. get healthy, man. It, it's They get Wynn back this week. Yeah. They, they get Isaiah Wynn back to guard. That should help a little bit. And Christian um, um, Foria, who is with EEI up in Boston, who played, obviously, yeah. with, uh, with the Patriots there, is actually very close with him. He was the right. one that originally came out this week and said, listen, guys, they're kicking the tires on A.B. Like the conversation is in, you know, the building. They are having the conversations. Now, of course, the uh, the uh, I believe it was was it Curran? I think it was the guy with uh, Tom Curran. That's right. He uh, he says, of course, now uh, to come out and be like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I, I received a call from a source that says that's not true. So, I, OK, so Kristen Faria, who is a former player in, in Boston with EEI that actually talks to uh, who has real connections in there. Somebody picked up the phone and called the guy at the athletic to try to kibosh it. I don't know why, maybe just because uh, misdirection, but I think it would, you'd be ridiculous not to have the conversation. Am I right? I mean, of course you got to have that conversation. You look at your team. I mean, look at the situation you're in. You better be having that conversation uh, because if you don't, I can tell you who is Kansas City, Baltimore. I mean, go down yeah. the list in the AFC. Yeah. Somebody's having that conversation as well. So you better have it if you're New England. Yeah, I mean, I think both of these things could be true, though, Joe, right? Couldn't they have had the conversation and then the result of the conversation is they decide to pass? Well, I don't. But again, I don't think so because nothing's been determined. I think yeah, all we of don't this. Know. It depends don't know on yet. what the NFL does. If the NFL right. comes out and says, yes, we're ready to rock and roll, um, that he can play. And we'll see what happens the following week. Then we'll see what happens. But I think until that particular point, I don't think there's any reason to. I don't know why you would kibosh an idea that you don't know if it's real or not yet. You know what I mean? Why would you say hey, no to something? But on the, it, that, the same thing works on the other side, Joe. We don't know if it's real or yet. We, don't, we just don't know. Right. No, it's right. But... 
I think not to be able to have it on the table is stupid. Why would you say, oh, absolutely not? On the table? Really? It's different than definitively yes or definitively no. Sure. Right. It's on the table. Sure. Well, so it's just having a conversation and going, no. Like, so. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Friday here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Uh, it's uh, interesting. The point was made, too, that uh, for those that think that the Patriots wouldn't deny something that involves uh, them just to uh, in order to be able to get it out there is uh, is ridiculous. Of course, they would deny anything, but they also aren't the type of team where I know Belichick and company have this whole forgive and forget. You know, they never forgive. They never forget. They just kind of, that's it. Once they're done with you, they're done with you. Uh, how's Jamie Collins doing uh, on that team? Everything uh, working out good for that? Because, yeah, remember, he was a problem child, too. They couldn't wait to get rid of and send him to Cleveland. And, oh, wow, look, look at that. Jamie Collins is back. Why? Because Jamie Collins flat out balls for that defense right now, and it makes total sense. So, um, while yes, on the exterior, the Patriots tend to say, no, 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 we got nothing, nothing to see here. Yeah. The reality is no matter what the uh, discretions are, they're about winning football games, period. So, and if Tom Brady and Belichick sign off on it, I can assure you Robert Kraft's not going to stay in the way of that. And I think we're about 48 hours away from figuring that out, whether it goes, but yeah, they have brought problem child's back guys and and right now their defense is better for it so the idea of just putting an x next to his name is i don't buy it let me ask you this uh would you pick up antonio brown on your fantasy team yeah why not <laughs> why 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 wouldn't i but why wouldn't you want antonio brown here until you know otherwise no, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, it costs you the roster spot, you know. Uh, yeah, would you, you, would you, absolutely. would you, are you that like sure? I wouldn't pick up Des Bryant, but I would pick up Antonio Brown. So okay. for sure, absolutely, yeah. I would. Absolutely, right. I would. I'm trying to get, I'm like, trying to get a gauge on your level of confidence. Patriots, if it's that not the back. Patriots, he is going to be on an NFL team before the year ends. If he is cleared. Okay. Somebody is picking him up because if for no other reason, even if he doesn't sniff the field, he's not available to anybody else that might be able to pick yeah, yeah, him yeah. up. Yeah, it's like, remember those that show Hollywood Squares? It'd be like Zsa Gabor for the block. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it'd right. be the but same the only kind reason of we're thing. even saying that is because he's that good, guys. He's still oh, yeah. that no, good. No, absolutely. So Great talent gives you a big, big leash. Yes. Um, but when forgiving and forgetting when, comes along with great talent, too. Yeah, do we know when... Uh, the league will say anything this about this weekend. Yes, this weekend was the okay. uh, was 
was the thing. So, and that continues to be the story from both sides that they're expect. And you know that that Friday news dump from the NFL is priceless. So yep. they'll they'll drop it in. They won't make any fanfare of it. We'll have you know Monday will come and oh yeah he's available and then the announcement will come that somebody picked him up. So mm. uh, because I do believe we're running out of time as well, aren't we? Uh, right, that's what I was going to say. And we yeah, do that because of the Gronkowski stuff. Right. It's November thirtiest. It's next weekend. Yeah. All right, so, so that's it's why go they down, think this weekend, and then he'll make the deal come next week. So it's oh. uh, and again, if Jamie Collins wasn't as good as Jamie Collins is, they uh, it wouldn't be round two with Bill Belichick, and there wouldn't be any forgiving and forgetting. You only a very few select guys have the kind of talent to be able to look the other way, uh, and right. AB happens to be one of them. But it's all a moot point until the and I will say this too, if you think about it from the the NFL perspective, Dane, he's done everything they asked, right? You met with them. They've interviewed everybody they needed to interview. There have no, no, there's been no law involvement. No, nobody's a retina. Like if you're the NFL, do you really want people, the, the 30th to come by here and you still haven't made a decision and that's what the conversation, because I do think the sooner they make a decision one way or the other, I think they've got to be going, I don't want this thing dragging on anymore. Like, I, you know, there's no point. And then all of a sudden, everything that he said about the NFL, about you holding me down, keeping me down, all of a sudden it comes to, doesn't like, what else do you want him to do? Like, what else does Antonio Brown need to do at this point for you to say one way or the other? Yes or no? We can debate whether or not he should, but not having a decision is just creating more drama for the NFL, isn't it? Oh, I agree. The NFL needs to whatever, like come out with the Ryan, decision, make a decision, right? Yeah. And the status. I yes, I get that. I just, I, I do believe though, Joe. It's still within the realm of possibility that the decision could, and we don't know, right? We don't know. Okay, right. But the decision could be, he gets two games. He could. A decision yes. could be, he gets two games for, for, for just the, the, the talking bad about the NFL on social media. Not protecting the shield, right? That's within the realm of possibility, too. He went out there and said some outlandish stuff about the shield. You know what I mean? So they – and I don't know what happened. They interviewed the woman, right? We we don't know. So the answer could also be, yeah, he's eligible, but he's going to sit out two games or one game or four games. Who knows? But you're right. We don't know, okay? And then it just – That's the key word. Right. Give us an and answer. then it just becomes like the status right. of a player. Right. And every team can decide much like right. to be quite honest, uh, much like Colin Kaepernick. Right. Every Same team thing. can decide right on this calculation, the talent involved versus the whatever, the drama, the risk, the rest of the stuff that comes yep. your way. And obviously yep. with cap, it's like, oh, for a backup quarterback, do you want to do that? Probably not. not. Maybe it's an right. offseason thing. Whatever. For Antonio Brown, the question of if you want to do that because of his specific talent maybe is a different equation. Maybe. Right. I don't, I'm not that GM. I'm not that front office in the same way that a city would have to kind of probably talk to the damn police union to see if you mm-hmm. want to bring on cap. I'm sure there's media markets right now and owners that would be scurred to bring Antonio Brown in, but that's a team-by-team decision. You talk yep. about the Pats, Joe, and I'm glad you brought up Des Bryant because I think there's some NFC teams as yeah. well, Joe. What mm-hmm. about the damn Saints? You put Antonio Brown on the other side of Michael Thomas with Drew Brees <laughs> and Alvin Kamara? I'll give him the Lombardi trophy right now. I'm serious, Joe. Can you That's imagine laughable. Michael Thomas and Antonio yeah. Brown? That's right? laughable. Could you or, imagine? Or, 
you know, the Niners were looking at Manny Sanders and that impact. Now he's banged up. Could yep. you imagine? And you know, there's that narrative of right how the the Niners would stick it to the Pats, Jimmy Garoppolo, Shanahan. You think they would like to use a B in order to help do it? I'd say what, so. What if Tariq uh, Hill's hamstring is worse? Of course, that you don't think Kansas go. City, Kansas there City you go. would pick him up in a heartbeat. Did not, did not the Philadelphia Eagles lose the deep threat that is Deshaun Jackson, exactly right? Correct. And and we yep. talked about the importance of that offense, what he is as a piece to that offense. And we yep. talk about Joe the Eagles always as one of those front offices that are run well and would make a move kind of like the Pats do. Maybe these guys will, you know, uh, take a shot. What about Green Bay, Joe? They've been mm -hmm. trying to answer who's a, who's opposite Devontae Adams for two years. Marquez Valdez, Scantling hasn't done it. Geronimo Allison hasn't done it. Imagine yep. Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown with Aaron yep. Rodgers slinging the rock to them. So you talk so about true. the AFC teams, Joe, but you know. The I, NFC for, too, for, for the, it's, one yeah. of the best wide receivers on the planet, there yep. will be a market as long as teams decide they can stomach whatever blowback comes their way. Right. But they have to. Once again, you got to give him an answer because if you don't yeah. give him an answer, it becomes a bigger problem for the NFL. And then, you know, it, it's just a bad look. So whatever it is, listen, even if it's no, or you, you know what, you're suspended for the rest of it. Great. Get ahead but of then it. Put just it. Put it to bed. Put right. it to bed because now you've got, look at what happened here with uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett went from, I'm sorry, I, you know, I, I, uh, I smashed him over the head with his own helmet. It was now all of a sudden it's, well, it's because he, you know, he, he, he said something, you know, yeah, racial towards me and, and that nobody else heard or that is not on. Now it's a whole different animal. Like, just like that, it's a whole different animal, man. So it won't go away. And Bo, by the way, he had his, and this is the other thing. He had his hearing this week, two days ago. They've already came down with the decision. It was two days. What in the hell is taking you so long with Antonio Brown? You've already met with everybody. They met him two days ago. They've made the decision that his, in fact, in, you know, you're suspended forever is still upheld. He is still suspended forever. He is fined. They did reduce some of the suspensions, I believe. I think uh, yeah, Pouncey's Pouncey. suspension. So they've already made the decision there. But, you know, now they've got a whole new life going. Could you imagine what happens if they just don't do anything with Antonio Brown? It, it'll go crazy. It'll go nuts. It, it's another headache the NFL doesn't need. It just does not need at this particular point. To be honest, I agreed, and I think you did too, Joe, with the fact like the union had a point that they yes. should just put a number on Miles Garrett, right? Because that would be unfair to the man. Right. Same thing with Antonio Brown. Like, I don't know. I don't co-sign what he's been doing in any exactly. way, shape or form. Right. But, you know, he would have a legitimate grievance if they don't just come out and, 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 and clarify his status. He would That's have right. a legitimate grievance. I don't I'm not saying I would agree with what the status is. I don't know yet. Right. But exactly. I do agree that they should declare it. It should be a known quantity. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. For him, for the league, for for peace of mind, Whatever. for PR, because now Whatever. this whole thing is going to blow up here with Miles Garrett, where, uh, you know, he said this. And now the NFL, the NFL has had to come out and said, well, we don't we didn't find any evidence directing uh, any sort of racial slur at him. But yet they're also admitting we didn't necessarily have any microphones in the area when he said it happened. Uh, we don't have it. So uh, the problem, though, there. Know, 
was that Baker said it's the first time anyone has asked him about it or anyone right. has heard anything about yeah, it. Sheldon Rich is in the same thing. Like, it's yes. like, uh... this is a real thing. And Miles Garrett was pissed off because of that. The team would know that. You know, he would have been saying that a week ago inside to his boys. You know, know he'd be like, ah, it. he called me a blah, 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 whatever it was. But the fact that Baker actually admitted, he was like, yeah, that's the first time I'm hearing that. That means it wasn't even part of the inner circle behind the curtain talk. And that on some, in some way could be construed as evidence that Miles is just coming up with something now, grasping at straws. I just blows me away, like, because it's funny, he tweets out last night and he goes, no, I, I heard what I heard, but, but, but guys, it doesn't take away from the fact that I was wrong. I was wrong, but, but I was like, dude, you just opened up that can of worms and nobody's got your back on it. Like nobody in your team is, is confirmed. None of that is going like yeah. you just went, you crossed that line. You opened that door The you know, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Yeah. How do you come back from that now? Now, of course, Rudolph's like, what the hell are you talking about? No, I never said it. Why and go down that path? All of them. Yesterday, boom, in the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, back it up. Like, where? I don't know. I just don't go there, bro. If, if Exactly, I, if man. not, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yo, Richard Sherman was like, yeah, Baker didn't shake my hand. And there was damn video. Thank you know you. what I mean? Thank you. So, exactly. I, I don't know. It's just like, don't. It's tough, man. I, I understand. But don't go there as this, like, auto card to play. It's, if it wasn't it's an excuse, basically, he's there. trying to excuse his behavior, but he's saying, and I love this, the double talk, you're saying, here's why I did it. But at the same time, you're going, what? There's no excuse. Well, you just laid out the excuse, man. You just told everybody about the excuse. What are you, are you trying to justify it now? You say no, but yes, that's exactly what you did. So, but the NFL, it's funny, the NFL. That comes out, the NFL, a couple hours later, has a response. Oh, no, 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 no. We looked into it. We didn't see any We didn't see any such thing. So maybe he told the NFL right away, this is why I did it, and they've spent the last week looking, looking over tape it. and anything, maybe. and that's why they came out with the answer so quick. But, uh, all right, so now, Miles, how do you come back at that? Not on saying Mason Rudolph's going to have a 20-year career, but really? That's rough. Wow. This guy just it's keeps rough. digging a hole bigger and bigger, Miles Garrett. What are you doing, dude? Sometimes it's yeah. just better to, I don't know, shut up. Keep medicine. You know? <laughs> Keep it down, Miles. Keep it down. Write the check. Go away. Man. Maybe it happened. Maybe. Yeah. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. name that uh, you probably never heard of but yet you've known him uh, your entire life um fred cox passed away 80 years old yesterday and two things about him number one he's the minnesota vikings all-time leading scorer and you probably didn't know that 
Uh, and that's probably not where you know him your entire life. But number two, he's the dude that invented the Nerf football. So how cool is that? And uh, yes, he, and I, it's crazy. He played 15 seasons for the Vikings, by the way, from 63 to 77. He had 1,365 points for the Vikings. So he's their all-time leading scorer. But shortly after that, he ended up figuring out a way that the uh, what a Nerf football is made of, that that kind of material. He's the guy that created it. He is the guy that injected it with this, that rubber, soft foam rubber material. And voila, the uh, Parker brothers bought it to him, bought it from him. And he's been receiving, you know, he received checks every year after that for Nerf football, my man, my word. He cared early about player safety, I guess, right? Yeah. He, yeah, cared, he cared about head injuries early. He was like, no, we can't have those projectiles well, hurting yeah, kids at an early age. He became a chiropractor. Age. Yeah, he became a chiropractor. Go. And he was working with, it's, he was That's a... Cool. a kind of a mad scientist, they said, behind the scenes. And you always wonder, like, some of that crap, like, who invented the damn toothpick? Like, who invented the, you know, you're always like, somebody had to come up with that. But, yes, he brought it to Parker Brothers. They loved it, Mattel, and then that was it. That's how the Nerf football that we've all played with every every Thanksgiving out in the yard, no matter what the weather was, grab the Nerf football and let's go. Then they made those Nerf footballs that had, like, those weird aerodynamic grooves in them also. Remember those, Joe? I hope, I don't know if Vent O'Brien knows what I'm talking about, but I know you do, Joe. Right? And they were like supposed to be these crazy arrow. I could make that thing go 80 yards, bro. I was like, go long. And the commercial was like, go long. Go real long. And then he chucks it. That's good stuff. Gotta love it in our football. I can't do that. That's just a classic. Absolutely classic. And then we don't have plays like that anymore, Joe. They're playing no, they Fortnite. There's, there's they're nothing. inside. They're they're no. they're te- they're texting each other. Like, go outside and play some Red Rover. Play some Scully. Play some. You know what I'm saying? I it's hear you. Amazing. Hey, Joe. At some point in hour two, I gotta tell you, I got a bone to pick with somebody in the pit. Oh, all right. Well, well, plenty of bones to pick. That's good. We'll do it. Yeah. Let's pick a bone. Yeah. Hour two. Best Coming up. up. Damn, Nerf football. Man. Oh, crap.